0: I wrote that. So good. Amen. Well, you've come on a good day. We are in our series, Be Rich. Uh, And I know that some of you are saying, I don't feel rich, but I I promise you after today, you will. Last week, we talked about uh, what it was like to be rich. The truth is, is that most of us don't like to admit it, but we all are rich. Uh, we we had a, a st- there's a statistic that says that if you make between forty and forty eight thousand dollars a year guess what you are in the top one percent wealthiest people in the world and I know that you're sitting there going well I make Forty or forty-eight thousand, you probably don't feel rich, but the truth is, is that God has blessed you, and we know that we, we're in this place for a reason. We're not here to hoard our money. We're not here to sit back and say, "Oh well, I'm, I'm blessed, so I'm just gonna." It's all about my four and no more. I don't care about anybody else. But the truth is, is God has blessed you to be a blessing. That's a it's a biblical principle that when God pours out into your lap, you begin to give to other people. And so, what we did is we came in, we started this series, and we issued a challenge. It's called the Be Rich Challenge. Uh, and during this series, we're giving out these cards. And it says something extra to show you that God loves you. And what we want you to do is we want you to go out and find ways to be generous to people find ways to actually because uh, I know how it works is a lot of times we go through our day and, and we're, we get busy or we get caught up with everything that's going on but what we want you to do is we want you to take a card and maybe this will be a reminder to you that God has has blessed you so that you can bless somebody else and when you go about your day it could be something as simple as writing somebody a card and putting this on the inside of that card and saying hey listen I want you to know that I'm praying for you that, that God's put you on my heart maybe it's you're going going through the Starbucks line, come on, thank God for coffee, and, and you buy the person behind you's coffee. You say, hey, I want to pay for the person behind me, and then you hand this card to them and say, just give this to them whenever they come up to pay. Maybe you leave an extremely generous tip on the, on the waiter or waitress's uh, table after you get done eating lunch. Now, let me just tell you something. Do not leave this instead of a tip, because I will throat punch you. All right, that's just the way it works. We are not stingy Christians. I do not like stingy Christians, and I will not be a stingy Christian. And so th- that's when you you leave this and you leave a 25% tip or a 30% tip or a 50%, or maybe what about a $100 bill? Somebody leaves this. See, the thing is, is that we think that we, we look, oh, we get overwhelmed by everything that's going on in the world today, and we think we can't make a difference. And oftentimes we say, we'll, we'll put our hands in our pockets and say, I can't do it all. I'll do nothing. But the truth is, is that you can make an impact in somebody's life. See, small acts of generosity make massive impacts in people's lives. Because you don't know that maybe that person in the Starbucks line that's behind you, they could get that card and they could have been praying the whole way to Starbucks. They said, God, are you real? Are you there? Are you in my life? Are you you around at all? And they're praying this prayer and then they get a card. Somebody buys them coffee and they get a card that says something extra to show you that God, you never know what your act of generosity will do. So I challenge you, be generous. And I pray right now that this isn't a series on generosity, but I pray that it will become a lifestyle of generosity, that we begin to always look for ways to be generous to others. Amen? Take a Bible. I got to get started. First Timothy 6, 17 through 19. I, I love the third service because I get to let my hair down. No time restraints. I can just preach all I want to preach. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you're like, oh, crud, we picked the wrong service. <laughs> Dang it. I'm just kidding. I, I stay pretty close. First Timothy oh, 6, 17 through 19. You got it? Say amen. You don't? Say hold up. All right, here we go. It says, command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty nor to trust in the un- uncertain riches. But in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that I serve a God who likes me to enjoy things. You know, a lot of, a lot of people think that we'll try to say that, well, you're only holy if you're poor and, and if God doesn't want you to have things. No, the truth is, is that God loves for you to have things. He just doesn't want things to have you. Amen. It says this, let them do good. Come on, somebody say do good. Come on, tap your neighbor on your right. Say do good. Come on, the one on your left, say, I said do good. That they be rich, here's where we get the series title, be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come that they may lay hold on eternal life. Amen. And I also want to read Psalms 100 and and, uh, verse 4 out of the message. It says this, enter with the password, thank you. Come on. Enter with the password, thank you. Make yourselves at home, talking praise. Thank him. Worship him. Amen. Lord, I thank you right now for the word of God. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. thank you that every ear in here is open and receptive to hear your word. They didn't come to hear a word from man. They've come to hear a word from you. And so, Lord, right now, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of your people. Thank you that no one would leave the same and every life would be changed. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. If you're taking notes today, I'd love for you to title this message, Thanks Living. Thanks Living. Come on, we all love Thanksgiving, right? Come on, that's a holiday where we get to gorge ourselves on pumpkin pie and mashed taters. Anybody else love? I love, I love, uh, one of my favorite is broccoli cheese casserole. Anybody else love broccoli cheese ca- I don't know what it is about broccoli cheese casserole, but that's good. Uh, the kind with the rice in it, they put like a rice in it. It's, man, it's delicious. Don't you say, oh, it's gross. It's delicious. Uh, I like that. I like spinach dip where they fill, they cut the whole, uh, you know, the bread and they fill it up with spinach dip. And that's delicious. And these are a few of my th- favorite things. <laughs> Amen. My favorite pie is uh, as, uh, hot apple pie. I love apple pie. If anybody's looking for something to give your pastor on Thanksgiving. Uh, but I do something different. I like to put a big old piece of uh, sharp cheddar cheese on top of it and melt it. And uh, uh, I know there's something wrong with me, but that's what I like to do, <laughs> my friend. That, we're best friends, not just because we're bald together, but we actually uh, like the same things. But uh, but here's the thing: is uh, that I, I I want to live a lifestyle of thankfulness. I want to live this lifestyle of of thankfulness. And here uh, here the Bible says and it says enter with the password "thank you." I don't know about you, but as as a parent, I'm always trying to train my kids to say the words "thank you." You know, it's, it's really hard and difficult to train kids in this day and time to be thankful and to be grateful for anything. It's like everything, uh, we have everything at our disposal. We're just able, they, they're, I mean, they're entertained 24-7. They always have something. They're always wanting something else. And, and the truth is, is that I'm trying to raise my kids and to train my kids to be thankful. But sometimes I have to ask myself the question of how many times, ta- am I training my kids to do something that I'm not? Right? You Come on, there's an old saying that says, do as I say, not as I do. And I wonder if we think that when it comes to thankfulness. Are we really thankful? Do we wake up? Do we enter every day? Do we, do we wake up and say, thank you, God, for all that you've given us. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you for everything in my life. And begin to thank God. I pray that we would be a church that's thankful for everything that God has given us. See, the, uh, there was a while back my... Uh, My kids wanted to go to Target because they had gotten ten dollars for something. I don't know what it was, but uh, and whenever a kid gets money, come on, you know they want to go spend it. And I don't know what had happened on that particular day, but when they came and asked me if I would take them to Target, I, for some reason, said yes. I, it was weird because normally my answer as a dad is always my go-to answer is always no. Right? I mean. That's the answer. Any, any dad knows, just say no. It doesn't even, you don't even have to know the details. Young, young men, you need to hear this. You don't even need to know the details. You just say no, and that way you don't, you don't get yourself into anything that you don't want to be in. right? And, uh, and so I just say no. Hey, Dad, can I go over to this, friends? Nope. Hey, uh, can I watch this show? No. Can I, can I have this for a snack? No yeah and, and so it's just an easier way, it's just an easier way to live, but this time, I for some reason said, "Yeah, I'll take you to the target and you can get whatever you want." and uh, But I had some errands to do, and so I said, i got to take care of some stuff around the house, or else your mom will be mad at me." And, uh, and so I was doing some things around the house, and I was mowing the yard, I was taking care of uh, all the little honeydews that I had to do, and the longer I took to do everything that I was needing to do, uh, the more they began to complain. Because I was taking too long for them. Any other any other parents in here understand where I'm coming from? I was taking too long. I, it wasn't happening in the time frame that they wanted. I, they were ready to go to Target. They were ready to buy a new toy. They were they were waiting on me, and I had to get some stuff done. And since it wasn't happening in the time frame that they thought it should happen in, they began to complain. And they they, they would say uh, blanket statements like this, we're never going to get the, to go. We're never. It's never going to happen. So finally, I, as a dad, snapped, and I said, fine, if that's going to be your attitude will just stay home. Problem solved. Stay home in your misery. Stay there. It's fine. Stay. I didn't want to go anyway, but now we'll just stay home, and it's win for me. And we're good. But then on the other side, we had uh, my daughter, who was. Um, she's. She's. I, I love Braley. She's. She's definitely got me wrapped around her little finger, you know, and she was asking me, uh, one day I was talking to Crystal, and I said, babe, let's take the kids uh, to Six Flags in August, because we need to, as pastors, we need to experience what hell's like on earth, <laughs> and, uh, and so that way we preach the gospel even stronger, amen, because uh, there's nothing quite like standing in the heat in a 155,000 degree day to make you realize that I don't want to go to hell, amen, it's like all the combinations, uh, standing in line, uh, extremely hot, and paying a fortune. It's, it's, it is hell. Uh, but, but anyway, so I was like, let's take the kids to Six Flags, because I guess it had been long enough, and we'd forgot how awful it really was. And, uh, and so I was like, let's just take them. It's going to be fun. And, uh, and so I told Braley, I said, hey, Braley, hey, I, I want you to know we're, we're going to take you on a surprise tomorrow. And, I, and she goes, you are? And I said, yeah, we're going to take you for a surprise. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to be really excited. Because Braley, is my, she loves roller coasters. She loves everything about them. And, and before I could uh, say anything, I told her, I said, and she goes, well, wh- what is it? And I said, no, you'll find out tomorrow. We're not going to tell you till tomorrow. because And that's a bad decision, you know, because now then she's asking me every 10 minutes, where are we going? Where are we going? Where are we going? And I said, we'll tell you tomorrow. And finally, she said, Dad, I know where you're taking me. And I said, where am I taking you? And she goes, you're taking me to see my best friend in Hammond, Louisiana. <laughs> now, here's the thing. You've got to know that Hammond, Louisiana is basically at the end of the earth. Yeah, it really is. It's, it's seven hours one way. Seven hour drive one way. And I was like, No, 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 no! You're wrong. And she goes, No, I know you. Are. I know you're taking me to Hammond to see my best friend. And and I mean, she is getting excited. And then she does something that was really dirty. She began to say, "Dad, you're the best dad in the world. I can't believe that you're going to surprise me with a trip to see my best friend. I've been wanting to go. And I, and then she, be, you're just so awesome. You're amazing. And and guess what? I ended up doing. I ended up taking that little girl to Hammond in Louisiana to see her best friend. See, the thing is, is that you have to understand that my daughter's position never changed. See, she was my daughter when she had a bad attitude, and she's my daughter when she had a good attitude. But her attitude greatly affected her destination. And I wonder how many times we are complaining our way into staying exactly where we don't want to be. We're, we're complaining our way because we wake up in the morning and we're focused on everything that's wrong in our life and we're not entering in with a, the password thank you and saying, God, I thank you for everything that you have given me. God, I thank you that you're a good God, that you're taking care of me, that all, you shall supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory, that the joy of the Lord is my... St-. You begin to wake up and you begin... Again to praise God. What happens? See, the truth is, is that most of you are in a situation, and it doesn't matter where you went. Every every place you, if God could pull you out of the situation that you're currently in and put you in a better one, and you'd still be miserable because misery's in you. Because you're not, you wouldn't be thankful. You could win the lottery and you wouldn't be thankful because you had to pay taxes. And what you think is wrong is not wrong. But we need to learn to develop a habit of gratitude. Habits of gratitude. The first way to do this. Let me just tell you that I would be a person that had a hard time with this. I I, I know that my friend Scott Boney has a hard time with this. He... I have a heart. Anybody else complain, ever complain? Anybody else? I have one person. I got a few people that are Christian in this place that aren't lying in church because uh, I complain. I, Isaiah, you complain. Don't act like you. Okay, okay. All right. So I just want, let me just do this again. Anybody else in this place ever complain? Uh, okay, we got a few more honest people, but but here's the deal: is that I'm a person that here I am, I'm preparing a message about not complaining, and I'm like, God, am I really the guy for this? Like, because I have a tendency to complain. I I uh, my favorite place to complain is about everywhere, but but my 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 favorite is in the car when somebody does something stupid. Come on, road rage can kick in in a minute, and I begin to yell and complain about everything. Why didn't you turn on your blinker? Why are you such an idiot? And I begin to just complain about every and my wife used to say something try to talk to me logically and say they can't hear you you why are you talking to them it's not like they have a microphone in their car where you 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 they can hear everything that you're saying and she finally stopped doing that now she just strokes my hair or lack thereof and she strokes my head and she says you know what you are so much better looking when you don't complain And I'm like, really? And she's like, yes, you are so much more attractive. And what she's saying in a nice way is, shut up and quit complaining shut up and quit complaining. And I wonder if God ever looks at us and says, man, you know what? You're so much more awesome when you stop complaining. If you would stop griping, if you would stop complaining about it. I know that you don't know why you're in, you're in the middle of this situation, but I promise you, I've already made a way of escape. I've already planned the way out. If you would just stop complaining. See, there's an old saying that says the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And a lot of times, that's the way we live our lives. We're always focused on what's wrong and not what's right. Amen? So here's some keys to living a lifestyle of thankfulness. The first one is guard your heart. Learn to guard your heart. I think this is getting more and more difficult in our day and time. Because everybody has access to us at all times. Everybody has, come on, we're on, you get on Facebook. Have you ever been cr- cruising through Facebook and see somebody you don't like, and they posted another stupid comment, and it just completely throws your day off? Huh? I, I've, I've, I've been through, and I've, there's people that I follow on Instagram that I don't even like. And, and I'll scroll through, and I'll see their picture, and I go, why do I follow them? And it can throw my whole day off. And the thing is, is that I have given them access into my life. And I shouldn't have. I'm not guarding my heart. In Proverbs four twenty three, it says, "Guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life." See, out of your heart spring your issues. And if you don't learn to guard your heart, everything will be. Your life will be a roller coaster. You'll be up. You'll be down. You'll be. You'll be depressed. You'll be happy. And you live your life up and down all the time. And the truth is, is that God wants you to start guarding your heart. Don't let everybody have access. As a pastor, here's the deal. I have a lot of people over to my house on a regular basis. People come in, they go out, but not everybody that comes to this church gets a key to my house. Right? I mean, I don't, it's not, hey, thanks for visiting. Here's the key to my house. Come over anytime you want, right? You don't have access to that. Now, you can know where I live. You can drive by my house and be a stalker. You can come up and knock the door. You can ring the doorbell. You can do all of those things, but it's me who ultimately decides if you come in or if you don't go, or, or if you're not going to come in. The thing is, is that we control our home atmosphere, but we don't control our heart atmosphere. And you got to get to a place to where you're going, you know what? I'm not going to give you access today. I'm not going to let you in today. You're not going to ruin my day. My wife had a, we went to a, a pastor's conference in uh, in California uh, a, a couple of months ago, and, and these, they're really, they're just, I mean, it's all day sessions. Like, it goes from nine to five, and it's just I mean, just session after session after session, and we've been traveling a lot, been really busy, and so we decided, you know what, we're just going to take, there was a night session at 7 o'clock, and we were like, we're just going to take the night off, we're going to go have dinner, uh, we're just going to just rest and relax, we've been traveling, and so, hey, I, how many like rest, amen, I like rest, and so uh, we just made that decision, well, this, w- there was a girl at this conference who my wife had met one time, and uh And she comes up and she goes, oh, hey, you know, it's good to see you. I'll see you tonight. And Crystal goes, no, no, you won't see me tonight. Uh, We're going to just take the night off. Going to stay in. We're going to relax and rest. We've been traveling a lot, been busy. And the lady, this girl looks at my wife and said, who do you think you are? Do you not have enough respect to show up and understand that these people have prepared a message for you to hear, and you're going to stay home. What kind of pastor are you? And begins to go off on. Like, I'm not around you, be, she better be glad that I'm not around. But here she begins to go off because she now. Then she's uh, she's she's chewing my sweet wife out, and I'm over trying to get the car. And, and and I will cut her. You know what I'm. You know that's that's my thought. Like of where she at. I will ram her. I got. I'm older and I got better insurance, but. Uh but but here's the thing is is that here she is and she's talking to her and she's she's and, and Crystal gets in the car and she tells me, I'm like, What? That's crazy. And while that was crazy, a couple of hours later, my wife is still talking about it. And now we're over dinner and we're enjoying ourselves in what was supposed to be a night of relaxation and rest and a and a come on, a romantic dinner with just me and her turned into She was talking about this woman over and over. And finally, I looked at her and I said, honey, the problem is, is you've let somebody in that you shouldn't have let in. You've given somebody, you haven't, guard, you haven't put a guard around your heart, and now then something that, that shouldn't have bothered you in the first place has taken ownership in your life. It shouldn't, even, it shouldn't have even affected you because she doesn't know you. She doesn't know where you come from. She doesn't know your life. She doesn't know anything about you. How many people are we letting giving access into our life that should not ever be there? They, we're, we're letting people take up a permanent residence in a place that sh- they shouldn't ever be. Learn to guard your heart learn to guard your heart for out of it springs your issues the second way we need to do is we need to dress for success we need to dress for success ephesians 6:10 through 18 says this finally my brethren be strong in the lord and in the power of his might put on the whole armor of god that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil Above all, taking the shield of faith with with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. We're nearly done. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Here's the thing. Here's what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying this, that you need to start dressing yourself on purpose. Now, when I say that, I don't mean, and I know some crazy Christians that, and if you do this, you're not crazy. We love you. (laughs) But they get up and they're like, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation. And they get up and they're, I'm taking up the, and they, they, they're actually like mimicking putting on these things. And if that does it for you and that you need to do that, go for it. But here's the thing. Here's what it, it, it is literally. It's getting dressed on purpose because you don't know what, when you step out, the, let me tell you something. The home environment is the only environment you can control. And so when you're at home, you need to begin to prepare yourself, and you need to get dressed for the day. See, you, we, walk, we wake up, and we try to get our coffee, and then usually we run a million miles an hour rushing out the door. And we never take time. We get ourselves dressed, but we never take time to, to address our attitude. And we, we got to get into a place to where we are waking ourselves up and saying, Thank God for everything that is going. You know, have you ever talked to a woman about how they pick out an outfit for the day? I really never had any idea of how lengthy of a process this really is until I was married. Uh, Because uh, my wife will talk about, uh, if you ask her, what are you wearing today? She'll say, well, I'm trying to think about, well, number one, the first thing she asks is, what's the weather? And I'll say, well, it's going to be this. Th- oh, well, okay, it's going to be kind of cool out, but it's going to get warmer in the day. So I probably need to take a cardigan so that if I get hot, I can take it off and I can wear that. And then I- I've got a lot going on today, so I don't think I want to wear heels. I want to wear flats so that way it's a little more comfortable. And I'm going to wear jeans because I'm going to be pretty active. I've got a lot of things. And she's going through this laundry list of things, come on, that, that she needs to do to get dressed. And then she'll change a million times over right she'll change it all at the very end now then you ask me what do you, how do you go about getting dressed this is what i do whatever is clean i put on right i put on if it's clean and it does or a goal as a man is don't stink just don't smell like as long as I, if I'm, if hashtag winning, if I'm, if I do that, if I don't stink, I'm doing pretty good with myself, and I, I feel like I, I'm awesome. I, I smell, I smell okay. Everything's good. But the thing is, is that my wife puts in all of this effort into getting dressed, and I wonder, do we ever as Christians wake up and actually begin to think about what we need to put on? See, let me tell you something. You have no idea what the day has in store for it. You don't know what's coming. You don't know what's going to happen. That's why I tell people, get up and spend some time with God. Get up and, 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 and wake yourself up spiritually. Wake yourself up and begin to pray and say, God, I don't know what's coming today. I don't know what's happening. I, I don't know what's on the other side, but I know that I serve a God who knows the end from the beginning and the beginning from the end. And I know that you know everything that's coming. And so, Lord, today I pray that you would prepare my heart for whatever this day may hold. If we begin to dress ourselves on purpose See, you don't know what's coming your way. It's kind. Of, uh, the other day, we went to um, we went on this trip with our our friends to uh, Crystal Beach, and it was uh, it was amazing. And they're from Louisiana, and we're from Texas, and and so we just went for a day getaway. My wife surprised me for my birthday a month uh, a few months late, but but we went on this day, we went on this uh, a, a day getaway just to go to Crystal Beach and hang out. And we're Texans, so we understand that we live in a bipolar state, right? we know that we don't know what the, we don't know what the weather's going to do. You could wake up today, come on, it's, it could be 70 tomorrow and 30 the next day. That's just the way Texas is in the winter. And uh, and so we decided, you know what, we're going to, uh, we packed the whole house, basically. We were going on a day trip, but we packed suitcases, large suitcases, and we had, I mean, I had shorts, I had t-shirts, I had sweatpants, I had uh, sweatshirts, I had parkas, come on, I had, I have two jackets. I've got, like, I've got winter toboggans. I've got everything that you can imagine because I don't know what the weather holds. You just never know what's going to happen. Now here they are and they show up in shorts and a t-shirt. And we get out at uh, we get out at Crystal Beach, and it is freezing cold. It's cold, and, and and they're like, "Oh my gosh, we didn't pack for this!" Like I brought shorts and a t-shirt for the entire trip. The thing is, is that we uh, you understand you need to understand that just like Texas weather, you don't know what your day holds. You don't know what's coming around the corner. You don't know what could happen, and so we need to learn to dress for every occasion. You need to you need to have stuff in your reserve that whenever it happens, you know I can pull out peace. I can pull out joy I can pull out come on I can pull out thankfulness I can pull out love and when you begin to do that God begins to take care of all the rest of it but most of us don't take more time preparing for what we'll wear than preparing our attitude the last thing is this focus on the right things focus on the right things Philippians 4, eight says this. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate. Come on, let's say focus on these things. My question to you this morning would be this: What are you focused on? What are you focusing on? A lot of times, it's really easy to focus on everything that's wrong, and we lose focus of all that's right. There was a, a man named Matt Lemon, and he was in the uh, 2004 Athens Winter Olympics. And he was doing this uh event called the three position shooting i don't've never watched this event uh, because I have a lot better things to do but uh but he uh he, he this what they do is is they ski for a certain amount of time and they have this rifle on their back and then they they have a target out there and they take a shot and then they ski a little bit farther and then they they have a they, they shoot another target and they ski a little bit farther and they shoot another target and um and so he, he, was, he was head and shoulders above everybody else. Like he was just uh, dominating the competition. It was a, he was a shoe-in gold medal all the way. It was a done deal. And uh, so they're, they're doing their fi- it's the final, and they're doing the last race. And he, he hits the first target. He goes to the second target, nails it, does great. The last target, he gets to the last target, and he's, he's ahead of everybody. He has plenty of time, and all he has to do, hit the target. That's all he has to do just hit the target. So he takes his time, really slows down, gets his heart rate under uh, control, takes a deep breath and squeezes the trigger and hits the bullseye. But the score never changed. So he got confused and he's like, wait, this is gold medal. Like what's going on? How come the score hasn't changed? How come? So he goes over to the judges and said, what's going on? How come the score didn't change? And they had to explain to him that in the process, he lost focus somewhere along the way, and he shot the wrong target. And and since he had shot the wrong target, he was automatically disqualified from the entire event something that he was a shoe in, like he had this, it was a gold medal, and I wonder how many of us are disqualifying ourselves from the things that God has because we are focused on the wrong things. You know, we sit back and we complain about everything, we complain about the price of gas, but we never take time to thank God for, God, thank you that I have a car that runs down the road that gets me from point A to point B. We complain about how high our electric bill is, but we never say, thank God that I have a place to sleep at night, that I have a roof over my head that I'm warm when I go to bed. We, we don't ever take the time. to, to we, we, we always complain about how much laundry is piling up and it feels like all I do is laundry but we never take the time to thank God and say, thank you God that I have kids and a loving spouse that fills those clothes. Thank you God that I have people in my life. Thank you God. We are always focused on the wrong thing and never the right thing. We're always complaining about what's wrong in our lives and never focused on what's right. I wonder what would happen if we changed our focus today. I wonder what would happen if we began to focus on everything that God was doing in your life. What, let me ask you a question, friend. What is right in your life? I guarantee you, if you begin to go down the, and make a list of everything that you had going right in your life, it would far outweigh everything that was going wrong. What are you focused on? What are you focused on? Focus on the right things. What would happen if we began as a church to guard our hearts, to limit people's access? What if we began to get up and dress for success? We began to say, God, I'm going to get ready for the day. I'm not going to let the day run me over, but I'm going to get ready for the day. What if we began to focus on the right things? I would think as a church we would realize how rich we really are.